Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Hey, Earwolf, Team Coco, and Stitcher listeners. It's me, Ashley Ray, and I'm here to tell you about a special collection of podcasts in honor of Women's History Month. From TV I Say with yours truly, Significant Others with Liza Powell O'Brien, and Why Won't You Date Me with Nicole Byer, we are excited to celebrate all women who are part of the SiriusXM podcast family. So let's toast to these women-led hosts and listen on Amazon Music. Just watch me love myself That's all I want Got what I want That's all I want I'm not sorry I'm Claire Fallon And I'm Emma Gray And this is Love to See It An obsessively detailed recap podcast About The Bachelor and other pop culture That makes us laugh, cry, and curse the patriarchy We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them. But we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating. Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about being seen and being probed in every way possible for love. We all know love is about seeing, but it's important to never forget that love also requires thorough probing. You probe and you probe and you probe, and that's where the love is. It's week four of Michelle's journey, and already she's feeling taken for granted by this group of scrubs. This week, we had two one-on-one dates, one group date that was more just like a group bro hang, and of course, a brand new villain, Chris S. God, I love how quickly things move in Bachelor world. Never a dull moment. (laughs) And here to recap with us today, and also, you know, to give Michelle the love and appreciation that some dudes are (laughs) unable to give her, is Tracy Thomas, host of the literary podcast, The Stacks. Tracy, welcome to the pod. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited to talk about Michelle's feelings about her insecurities. I have a lot of thoughts. I also have a lot of thoughts about Chris S., which I have to imagine anyone who watched that episode has a lot of thoughts about Chris S. We have some thoughts. We have some thoughts. Uh, So many thoughts, so many analogies, so many feelings, descriptions. Oh, just a lot to dig into this episode where I'm excited I have my throat comfort tea. I'm ready to start at the very beginning, which, of course, is with our our band of brothers, Casey, Joe, and Romeo, debriefing in their favorite yellow striped cabana at the resort. It looked it looks nice. I can see why these guys like to just chill there and talk shit about the weekly villain. So you know they're just like wow. I really drank Jamie's Kool-Aid, but, you know, he's a snake. I'm so glad he's finally gone. And I'm so glad that Michelle 
just like really handled that directly. She really confronted it. She's a strong woman. And that's why I am going to make her my wife. And also ignore her this week. <laughs> also ignore her. They're like, she can take it. Like, she seems strong. fine. She doesn't need us. Uh, so meanwhile, Caitlin uh, is having a heart to heart with Michelle about what happened and how Michelle is feeling like her trust was betrayed. She was like, I felt like I finally got to know someone and trust them. And then immediately that trust was broken and I lost that bond. And Caitlin's like, well, I do, you know, you still have all these guys. I feel like there's still a lot of guys you're excited about. And Michelle's like, there are a few. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. I was like, Michelle, don't like, don't grade these guys up. Yeah, like, I mean, hold them accountable. And there really are only a few. A there few, are only a few. yeah. Like, <laughs> she was speaking accurately. That's what's been great about Michelle. It's like, she's really just telling you. She, there's no hiding. <laughs> like, Michelle has, you know, a lot of the times I feel like the lead will try to, like, play it close to the vest. Michelle's like, no, there's a few. And, like, yeah, maybe less after this week. Yeah, she's like, I like some of you, maybe, but... You could all lose my desire very easily. There's no faux excitement. There's no great inflation. This is instead more like, yeah, like she's like, just letting you know, this is a where's Waldo. Which four of you do I actually like? You know, you won't find out maybe until until hometown. <laughs> <laughs> and back with the guys, uh, I just want to mention this moment. Chris S. joins, is joining the group as they all await their first date card of the week. He tries to sit in a chair. It tips <laughs> backwards and spills him on the floor. Everyone's laughing at him. He's trying to laugh, but you can see his ego is a little bruised. <laughs> is this Chris S.'s villain origin story? Is this his The Joker moment? Mm. I was going to say, I feel like Jared Leto is already preparing to give the performance of his lifetime as Chris S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I didn't even think. I mean, I knew it was foreshadowing, but I didn't really think like, wow, I was a victim of bullying because I <laughs> fell and people laughed. And now I will take Nate and the rest of you down. Like, he's... Yeah, we are witnessing a very, very fragile man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just a possibility I'm throwing out there. Meanwhile, uh, Tasha arrives to announce the date structure this week. They're, this is going to be our first week with two one-on-ones and one group date. So we're starting to bring that focus to those individual relationships, whether they're ready for it or not. And... Joe's like, I want to, I really want a one-on-one so I can spend less time talking about like the drama. Like I had to keep talking to her about drama in the group. I really want to take that time to make her feel seen. The guys are, they're always just like, I can't wait to make Michelle feel really seen later. (laughs) Maybe next week I'm going to get around to that. When I get a one-on-one, I'm really going to make Michelle feel seen. But the first date card instead goes to Martin. Martin, let's get love back on track. Were you guys surprised by this selection? Yes. A little (laughs) bit. Like, I I think that we had had some indication that Michelle was somewhat into Martin, that he would get a one-on-one at some point. At the end, where we saw that next week um, they'll be going to Minneapolis, it actually made more sense to me that Martin got this one-on-one because it feels to me like a few of her favorites 
she might be saving those one-on-ones for when she's like in her home turf. Yeah. I thought that too when we saw the like preview for next week and I was like, well, of course, you know, Joe. Right. Hometown hero. Taking him out to the game, pitching some yeah. balls, whatever. Exactly, exactly. Honestly, that's sort of generous to give him the hometown hero date. Like she's the hometown hero. She's gonna share that with like her homecoming queen or king here. I thought that was very. That's a very kind move. Yeah, I would be hoarding that energy. <laughs> I guess we'll see how that plays out. Luckily, it looks like she gets yeah. two one on ones again next week. It should be two one on ones to the end, probably. Yeah. Right? Now that we're in this, this in the this- meat of the season. So Martin and Michelle are having their date at the BMW Performance Center, which, as we all know, is located near Indian Wells and is a world famous BMW Performance Center Center. for cars. Of course, we all know BMW cars, to be clear. Um, (laughs) We only are about BMWs on this show. So just say BMW a few more times just to really... (laughs) Mm -hmm. Drive home. <laughs> Martin has donned his finest plaid shirt with cut-off sleeves for Michelle. It's a look. But they're going to be drift racing. And the instructor just kind of throws them out into their own BMWs and is like, do donuts together in this relatively small parking lot. I had you guys so are fine. many questions about safety protocol here. <laughs> yes. Like, he's our instructor. I'm like, when did he do the instructions? Like, I... All I saw was him be like, go, like, run this car around at very high speeds with, like, no protective equipment. I don't know. I found it terrifying. I That's he, my nightmare date. Like, potentially get in a car accident by yourself. Like, and they're in different right. cars. Like, hey, Michelle, good job on the little walkie-talkie. Like, what? Like, this is not a date. Also, like, don't don't walkie and donut at the same time. Great Martin. point. Yeah. Great point. There's a point where she was like, if I were in the audience, I would be taking a few steps back because of how crazy Martin is driving. And I was like, you are driving in the same place. Why don't you take a few giant steps back? <laughs> Get out of your car and run like, far just, away. They're just both daredevils out here bonding over their shared adrenaline rush. Yeah. Oh, right. And then she was like, I picked Martin for this date. <laughs> Because he's an adrenaline junkie. He did a backflip. I was like, is that adrenaline? (laughs) She's like, look, that's all the information I have about these men. I really got to just go off of what I've seen. Uh, They they do a race in their BMWs, and Michelle beats him, uh, which is, of course, emasculating, and he's going to make her pay for that later. (laughs) So... After they drive, they get into what I'm going to say is like an actual big body trash can. It is like a large aluminum kiddie pool. Those are in. A portable portable hot tub? Those are super trendy. Do you guys know that? Isn't it, I, I feel like I see them it in looks a lot like of in a junkyard. I feel like I see them in a lot of um, influencer Instagram posts. That's right. Specifically in Joshua Tree. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed. That's exactly. And right. also, like, I don't think they're in a hot tub because I think they say something about cooling off or something. Mm. I was like, are they just getting into a pool of cold water in an, a, a large trash can? I guess so. I mean, to be fair, even when they are in a quote unquote hot tub, it's usually unmoving lukewarm water so yeah well it's very glam they're just surrounded by strategically posed cars and their unpainted aluminum container of water (laughs) and they have some champagne and martin's like 
I feel horrible about myself because you really kicked my ass in that race and you did like a lot better than I expected. <laughs> Is he negging her right now? Yeah. He's yeah. He's 12, I think. I don't understand the appeal of Martin. Like, she's always like, he's so smart. He's so deep. He can challenge me. Like, but, like, he? mostly what I'm seeing is shit like this. I found him to be her. I, I, every moment that he spoke, I was like, I like you less. Like, every yeah. time he said something, I was like, it's, it's a no for me. Like, Michelle, <laughs> I, I mean, I've written down red flags because, you know, Michelle's obsessed with red flags. She like always oh mentions like her red flags. If there's a red flag, I'm like, he's a full red flag, Michelle. Yeah, whenever a guy is like, you did better than I expected on like a first date, I'm like, what caused you to have low expectations of me before we even got to know each other? Like, I'm not sexism, loving that Claire. right off the bat. Yeah. Sexism. sexism. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Nothing could feel worse than being beaten by a woman at driving a car fast. That feels horrible. He's never going to recover. Uh, but then he quickly moves on to talking about an even more unpleasant topic, <laughs> which is Jamie. And I think we actually have a little clip of what he says to Michelle. Uh, as far as like Jamie's situation goes, I'm not trying to like take his side or anything. I just think I just, you know, because what happens is like everybody's like, oh, he's a rat. He's did this and did that. And I was like, oh, well, I don't think he's a bad person. I still think he's a <laughs> hell of a man. Mm-hmm. So are you feel like I made the incorrect decision yesterday? No, that's your connection with him. That's, and I can't get mad at you getting rid of somebody when I'm here to <laughs> build my relationship with you. I was the only person who was in me and Jamie's conversation. Yeah. Um, I had information to make the best decision, but I also, in this situation, need somebody to trust me in my decision yeah. making because I am a strong woman. Of course. Uh, but also, like know. I said, your relationship is different like the relationship that the guys have. So I'm just talking about him just in general. It's like... Wow. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? I just want to call out that whenever... So Michelle does bring this topic up. She knows that he and Jamie are close and she wants to, I think, kind of express her feelings about what happened and Maybe see how Martin is going to handle this. And whenever he breaks in on what she's saying to defend Jamie, her face just goes completely set and she starts staring either up or down in a visibly frustrated way. And Martin does not seem to notice. I was like, I have never seen such a clear, like, facial indicator that's like, I am frustrated that you are not listening and you're talking over me right now. Doesn't notice. Yeah, that's what was so weird. It's like she's clearly upset, not into it. And then he doubles down and says the same thing. Come on, Martin. You really fucked up here. I'm like, I'm sorry. Michelle is like, he made me feel terrible. He, like, ruined (laughs) part of this experience for me. He, like, betrayed my trust. And Martin's like, yeah, you gotta admit he's a hell of a man, though. Like, he's definitely a hell of of a a man. man. Okay, that phrase... Just made my skin <laughs> crawl. And also, I i was actually surprised she didn't say more back to him in the moment. I think she was probably taken aback by it and being like, what's I happening? I feel like their conversation continued and we simply didn't see it. Like, the yeah. editing was a little odd. We heard, basically heard this snippet of comments 
And then there was a voiceover and you could see they were still talking. And then it cut basically right yeah. to the night date where they had a follow-up conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. It's clear that it it wasn't resolved even to an extent where he knew that she was upset. And I think what we do see with Michelle is that she's great at regulating her emotions. She's great at being like, I shouldn't just react emotionally because maybe it isn't appropriate for me to project this emotion onto this person. And then she'll she'll reflect on it and decide how mm-hmm. much of that she should show. And so I think here we see her like visibly suppressing yeah. her frustration at being talked over. But she probably doesn't tell Martin she's feeling that way until we see it later on the date. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she models such healthy communication, like just the ability to sort of sit with something and then be able to confront it head on. And we see that a couple of times this episode. Not that she should have to do that, but honestly, I'm just like continue to be in, in awe of her in that respect. That's so interesting, Emma, because I think about that in a very different way. Because I feel like what I keep seeing from her is something that I've experienced as a black woman, which is like, you don't want to be emotional because you don't want people to like label your emotion angry black woman or hysterical or like all of these things. And so a lot of the times I actually feel really uncomfortable watching it because I feel Mm -hmm. like I can see her social conditioning at work. And I feel like I saw that a lot with like Rachel Lindsay's season where she was really cognizant of like the responsibility of being the black bachelorette. And I definitely feel like I see the same thing with Michelle of like, I mean, we can get to this later of like, but I don't want to, you know, I don't want to cry right now. Like I don't want to I don't feel like I'm getting the attention that I want, but like, I don't want to talk about it, which is like antithetical to a lot of what it is to be the bachelorette and also how a lot of previous bachelorettes handle it. And I do think she's mature and wonderful, but I I wonder about the like responsibility of it on her. Oh, absolutely. I think that she, she just simply is not going to be allowed the same amount of latitude to express her emotions in a way that might not be completely together in a way that a white bachelorette did. For example, Katie, um, I think, I think that what I was trying to get at is more that like for me watching Katie in a lot of those moments, it it didn't feel good to watch that either. Like it felt like this completely unmeasured lashing out without giving time to, sort of think it through. Um, But I, everything you're saying makes so much sense. And I think it's like impossible for any person to enter this role without bringing in their own lived experiences and conditioning. And inevitably, like any person of color in this role knows they're stepping into it, you know, for a largely white racist audience. And that's going to that's going to affect how how the that sort of like performance of emotion ends up going. Yeah. No, I agree. I think Katie also is like a Katie or like a Hannah Brown are both like great examples of people who are like super emotional front facing emotional and I don't think that's Michelle anyways. Like she doesn't give me that vibe at all, but I sometimes do feel like I see her being like what is America going to say about this moment? Totally. And it always like is I don't know, those moments always take me out as a viewer of like, Ugh, this sucks for her a little bit, you know? It does. It sucks kind of a lot bit, honestly, that like she, I think that with, I feel bad that we're all like always bagging on Katie in comparison to Michelle. But like, I do feel like we saw what felt sometimes with Katie a little bit like she had seen certain models of white bachelorettes in the past, mm-hmm. you know, like Hannah Brown, 
like Caitlin, maybe like Claire Crawley, um, who's, you know, very outspoken, very like reactive. And that can, you know, be applauded in Bachelor Nation. Like we've applauded it that like the expectation that the women be more graceful and um, demure, that like it's nice sometimes to see that challenge, but it's become this new template. And like to that, that aspirational thing of like, I'm going to be the like, no holds barred, like, brash, like, bachelorette who says it like it is. And that can become frustrating to watch. That's, like, modeling just sort of reactive emotionality for the sake of, like, seeming really tough. I don't know if that's, like, a fair analysis necessarily, but I think we see, like, the different templates that are laid out and the different ways that you might expect fans to react to you. And that's experienced so differently by the black women who have been bachelorette versus some of the white women. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, uh, I think we're at the night date. Uh, Martin has switched to a, a look that involves sleeves and also horn rimmed glasses mm. to show his sensitive side for this portion of the date. He no longer has 2020 vision during the evening portion of this whole experience. And, that just goes to show you that he has a lot of layers and depth. Unfortunately, it kind of worked on me. I just find him much more appealing with glasses on. I like. The I, I find too. most men more appealing with glasses on. I so. was into it. I was into it. Yeah, I was I'm like, just like it's so transparent. I know. I was that like, damn it, this is working on me. Like, I don't even like him, but oh, the glasses are good. It's fine. Um. So, at this point, Michelle is like, "This is my chance to like reintroduce this." this conversation, tell Martin how he made me feel. So she tells him that she felt shut down by him when she was expressing her opinion about Jamie. And Martin says, well, I'm very blunt and it can seem condescending, but I don't mean it that way. I'm just being very blunt. And he says that he needs to work on his communication and he learned bad habits from his family. His dad was very bad at communicating. He never cried in front of his family. He didn't discuss emotions. And then he says, you know, I don't cry now either in front of people. I don't want to set a bad example. But in this moment, I'm realizing that maybe crying isn't setting a bad example. I was like, oh, Martin, just just <laughs> go straight to therapy. Yeah. And his defense of himself was... I'm bad at communicating, I'm blunt, and I can seem like an asshole. I think he called himself an asshole. He's like, this is a known thing about me. Sometimes I'm just going to seem like an asshole to you. Like, that's just how I am. I'm working on it, but for now, that's kind of my thing. And then when she was like, you know, I'm working on it, and he's like, how did you do it? And she tells her whole story, and then he's like, I guess we're both on the same journey. I'm like, (laughs) Martin, I don't think so. You maybe are just starting right now at this dinner. Yeah, like, Martin, you're, like, 10 feet away from the starting line, like, perhaps approaching. And Michelle is, like, has done several laps around the track, (laughs) at least, already. Like, Yeah, Michelle is, like, in graduate school for expressing her emotions. And you just had the realization that maybe it isn't literally setting a bad example for people to shed a tear. Right. Just three minutes ago. Yeah. So, like, she she was, like, I think think she actually said to him, like, oh, wait, like, right this moment you had this realization? He's like, yes. <laughs> but ultimately, this is like working for Michelle, I guess, maybe right now. Enough that she's like, okay, you responded 
decently to being called out, I guess. Here's a rose. We can make out. She appreciates growth and effort. And, you know, I think that she has this thing about Martin where she's like, he can challenge me, and I like that. And so I think that she's maybe got a little part of her that's like, yeah, I actually didn't really like it when he challenged me on that. But, like, generally speaking, is it bad <laughs> if we sometimes challenge each other? No, maybe it's maybe it's good. And, like, then we can have a solid conversation about it. Um, and she gives him the rose. They kiss. And then they head to an observatory mm. to gaze at the night sky. This is actually, like, a really great final portion. To, it's not, like... The worst to me is a private concert. Oh, man. This might be the best. a semi-private concert where there is a small audience and you have to make out on a pedestal. That is the Mm -hmm. worst version. That's That's the worst worst. version of the private concert. But yeah, this was actually good. Yeah. This this looked fun. Uh, So they they look through the the, the telescope at the stars. They make out with lots of tongue. And Michelle says, I think when I look up in the sky, I'm going to be thinking of Martin now. Get it? No, get a new association, Michelle. Imagine associating <laughs> something like the sky with a, me- with a mediocre person like Martin. The it's whole like- sky. <laughs> the whole sky has blonde tips now. I'm upset. It does. What are stars but the original white frosted no, tips? No, the no, no. Absolutely tips of the, night. the frosted tips of the night. Oh, no, I'm horrified. <laughs> Oh, my God. No, imagine imagine that breakup, though. You're literally like, everywhere I go reminds me of him because there's always sky. I have to stay indoors at all times so I don't at think of him. At all times. <laughs> all right. The group date card has arrived. Will, Chris S., Casey, Chris G., Leroy, Rodney, Illumide, Brandon, Clayton, Joe, Romeo, and Nate. Wow. Surrender to love. This is a kind of misleading date card, mm-hmm, by the way. Mm-hmm. Rick apparently is getting the one-on-one. He's is the only name not on the group date card. And this prompts Nate to say to the group that he's not stressing about when he's getting a one-on-one date. He knows it's coming. And if it's not today, it's another time. He's in a good spot regardless. Here's the thing. He's correct. A thousand percent. (laughs) Probably shouldn't have said it to everyone. It doesn't seem strategic. Although I will say that they often make a lot of the men go around and, like, specifically react. And so I bet more people have said stuff like that and then they zone in on Nate. That's my suspicion. I feel like that is what they always say every time they don't get... It's like, uh, I'm really bummed about this, but I know my time is coming. Like, remember Abigail on Matt's season? Every freaking week she didn't get the one-on-one and every week it was her, like... I know Matt gave me the rose and I'm going to get my chance to be with him. I just wish it was this week. Like, I find that to be the least offensive thing that anyone's ever said about not getting a one-on-one date. I completely agree. I think that, like, there's a tonal difference because Abigail was always so plaintive. Like, Mm -hmm. she was trying to reassure herself. Nate is actually very confident. Like, he knows that he (laughs) He and Michelle have a great connection. He got the first impression, Rose. So he actually does think he's good. He's not, like telling himself, like, don't worry, it's going to come. He's like, it's going to come. Yeah. Like, and when you've got, like, a guy like Chris S. Who knows just, it's, like, it will not, it will not be coming. <laughs> it's not coming. Won't be coming for him. <laughs> he sees an opening. He sees a way to, like, make Nate look like he is 
above like he thinks he's above this whole situation like he's he's got it as chris s says 50 million times this episode in the bag oh and then it causes michelle to say it like let's ban the phrase i really like nate i wish that chris would leave him alone i also wish that he would take the strengths of how much confidence he has like internalize it get it use it to like get through these bumpy times and maybe not let on to the other guys quite how confident mm. he is. Because that creates, like, material for them to use. Yeah, it can create a bit of a target on your back if you're too overt about your own confidence. And that morning, the morning of the date, the guys are all amped for just some competition between bros. Maybe they're going to do sumo wrestling. Yeah, they're like, can we costumes. beat the shit out of each other in another format. That's all we want. We're men. This is how we express our manness. And our b- brotherly bond. We want to get close to each other by just like shoving exactly. each They're other like, around. The only way we can touch each other is by way of beating the shit out of each other. So we're just really ho- hoping for that opportunity. Uh, and then loungewear arrives, which I really enjoyed. Specifically Leroy's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. silky mm-hmm dark florals like i would wear that whoever was styling this had was on a very similar wavelength to me about leroy which is like definitely get him in some silky florals Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like this is a man who can pull off a pattern and he can i also like joe's joe had on the like long john the like one piece (laughs) long john i was into it i was like i like rodney's onesie too yeah rodney's onesie looks really comfy um, I also appreciated the contrast where they were like, Chris, you get to wear tidy whities And a button down. And a button down. I'm like, they were like, he's going to be our, our Tom Cruise. Yeah, he's risky business out here. And it just was like, yes, this is a white man that probably always feels most at home in a crisp button down. <laughs> I just wish that they had given this costume. Because then, of course, you give someone this outfit, they have to do the risky business no, thing. Like, oh. did, we didn't need it. Chris S., oh. I just don't need to see him trying to be funny. He's really pumping himself up. And it only gets worse, which is incredible. Like, I was disgusted at the little risky business moment. I was like, this is embarrassing. He's never seen the movie. He has no rhythm. The little kicking of the feet. I'm like, you have, you have less, like fluidity than Tom Cruise, who is a very stiff man, and you've made this even worse. Like, I just... And and then the episode continues. It was sort of like a toddler throwing a tantrum (laughs) energy, actually. I was like, are you doing Tom Cruise or are you doing toddler right now? Oh, God. Um, So Michelle arrives and says... And brings them all to a slumber party set up in some sort of, you know, hotel conference room. There's popcorn, candy games, there's Build-A-Bear, there's, like, foot baths. They're going to be just doing some good old-fashioned sleepover bonding. We see her and Chris S. playing Twister and sharing the driest peck oh. I've seen on this oh franchise my God. in quite some time. She was like, I guess this is part of the job. I am contractually obligated to show some false interest in all of these men. Oh. It was horrible. The rest of them really looked like they were having a good time. It looked great. I know. It did look actually really fun. Before Michelle started feeling bad, I was personally delighted by how excited all of these, like, big, tall dudes were about giant teddy bears. Mm -hmm. 
It was pretty cute. And cotton candy. Yeah. They were yeah. so cute. Who was it that was like, They're this cute. is like my hair in the morning. And then they like toasted <laughs> little cotton candies together. It was Brandon, I think. <laughs> it was Brandon. Brandon and, and Chris G, maybe. They were like, dude. Big Chris. Big, is that <laughs> Big Chris? I call yeah. them Big Chris and Little Chris. It's spoken word Chris. Yeah, spoken yeah. word Chris. Snaps, spoken, spoken word Canadian word Chris. Chris. Snaps Chris. <laughs> Snaps for that. Uh, yeah, they're just like really bonding with each other. I mean... I just have never seen this mm. on a group date on this show that no one seems to be paying any attention to the lead. It was so weird. I'm like, you, this is such a slam dunk. Like, it is the easiest thing ever to go pull Michelle and make some cotton candy with her or, like, play Twister with her. You get to, like, be all close with her. Like, it was... I don't know. I was confused. I was like, are they actually just that stupid? Or have they been in some way encouraged not to grab her? I don't know. I had questions. I think that they all like each other. They don't want to have drama. And they're like, if we're like deferential to each other, then, then it'll make it easier in the house. We should we should seem like we're having fun and we're chill with everyone. And, like, not engage in, like, jousting over Michelle or whatever. Yeah, like, we're not going to start drama. That's what but I But they, felt. like, way overshot. They Yeah, they overcorrected. I also think, though, I felt like there could have been some creative editing. Because we didn't even see Michelle in the shots for most of the stuff they were showing. It was, like, two or three guys at once, like, toasting their whatever, like, holding their bear, doing their pedicures. And there was never, like, a group shot where you, like, saw her off to the side except for when they showed her, like, walking away. So I thought, like, maybe there was some... They helped enhance what we saw to match what she was saying. I'm sure that, like, she... We see her at least with Chris S. We see her with Chris S. In that moment. It's a very emotional kiss. I'm sure that she had other moments with a handful of the guys... That were not shown. Yeah. And that it wasn't, like, 95% of the time she's completely alone. But, like, the fact that she felt that way, to me, is more than enough evidence that it was noticeable and marked. And also that there was ever a point where she's standing alone trying to, like, work the cotton candy machine or whatever she was messing around with. And the guys were all too busy, like, hanging out to notice that she needed a hand. Like, she had to, like, think of someone's name to call and then call for Clayton. And then he was like, me? What? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, you. And he was like, uh. I was like, Clayton, you should be, like, diving over there. Like, this, you're getting called up to the big leagues right now. There's such a lack of urgency on everyone's part. And this is a rare opportunity where they can actually get that time in a pretty low-conflict way. like Right, right, they're not having to, like, do a really structured, frustrating activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're all hanging out. It's not a gross ceremony night. Like, there's everyone's having fun. What easier time to grab a moment with Michelle and do something gallant. A small moment. Like, make her cotton candy. You could make a small small, moment. Just a small moment. She literally later is like, you could have just said hi to me. Like, that's apparently how bad it was. Nate, come on, buddy. I think, (sighs) yeah, the other problem is that I think the handful of men who seemed to approach her were not the men that she actually has any connection to. Mm -hmm. And so 
I can imagine, like, you could see it in her face, that feeling of, like, greater and greater isolation as the date went on. And that it was like a gut punch. You yeah. could just, like, see her face dropping and see her trying to have yeah. fun. And, like, oh, I, I could just, I, I could, like, feel her despair a little bit. Just quickly, speaking of gut punches, while it's relevant. At one point, Olu was like, let's all pair off and punch each other in the stomach, which, by the way, is how Houdini died. So, like, don't do this, guys. Um, Let's all, like, tense our abs and punch each other in the stomach. And Michelle's like, okay, I'm here. What up? And he's like, you're not part of this. I was like, Olu, what the fuck? Olu was just like, specifically, I just want it to be on camera. That someone can punch me in the abs and I have them. I have abs. They're very strong. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I thought about, like watching Michelle go through, you know, the feelings that she was having and the insecurities that that she later talks about, about like feeling like she's not seen in relationships. I just kept thinking about how relatable that was, even though... I I do think that she was feeling all of those things, but it made me think about how insecurities are so irrational that you can be insecure about something and it can be this whole thing and that like no one else even notices or cares because like truly they probably thought they were being really good and respectful in front of her. No one was fighting. They were having a fun time. They weren't trying to like stress her out. Like I'm sure that all of the guys thought they were doing the right thing in that moment, but for her and her insecurities and like what she has experienced in past relationships and things like it became isolating, like you said, and like unbearable. And it just reminded me so many times of like, I've been having a great night and then something happens and I'm like, you know, my husband's being mean to me or whatever. And like, he's not, I'm, but it's a me thing, but it manifests. And like in this situation where she's supposed to be the star and she is supposed to be having all these men fawn over her, it even feels like more heightened, you know? Tracy, I was having some of the same thoughts and it was fascinating watching Michelle kind of narrate her way through that because she is such a self-aware person that she even says a couple of times, like, I don't think that this is intentional, but their behavior is playing upon really soft spots for me, essentially, given my life experiences. And I do think, yeah, all of us bring some version of those things into a relationship. And I think I was having, like, obviously my experiences aren't the same as Michelle's, but like that feeling Mm -hmm. of having these sort of baseline insecure feelings that you that almost feel beyond your control is so relatable. And I feel like I was having flashbacks to like a night out in college where I felt like all my friends were getting attention and I was being like overlooked and like unseen and invisible. And like probably no one else perceived it that way. But like that feeling was so, so core and certainly something I've experienced like even in my good and healthy relationship that I have now. And I, I it, it was the kind of thing that I don't think we've seen really effectively explored before on the show. And yeah, it's actually yeah. something I've always wondered about when it comes especially to th- the Bachelorette, because I honestly like if a really attractive, wealthy white guy is not catered to at all times, <laughs> I'm like, whatever. But like, I don't also don't think we would see this on the Bachelorette uh, on the Bachelor. I think women are really well socialized to give guys attention Mm -hmm. and i don't Mm -hmm. think that men are they're socialized to 
peacock, like, for women's, like, attention, but not necessarily to engage with women right. for their attention. Yes. And at the same time, like, I still don't ever think we've seen this even on The Bachelorette before. There's just, like, such a, an established premise of, like, she's the most desirable woman in the world, and, like, you will you will do anything to share a special moment with her. And I just don't know why these guys are not getting that message right now. Um, but this is the moment where she has to kind of call their attention back to that. But I think that what's made me sort of sad about all her insecurities playing into this is that the insecurities can make you get more upset about something that's relatively minor, but it can also make you question whether it's okay for you to be upset right. about something that's legitimate. Like you can be yeah. like, oh, well, is this just about my insecurities? I don't think it is just about her insecurities. They should be making sure she never spends a moment sitting alone, wondering why she's even there, which we hear right. her say at one point to a producer. She should never have reached the point of feeling that way, surrounded by guys who want to so, so supposedly be her husband one day. Like, she's on, like, her third date with her future husband, and he's literally not noticing that she's off in the right. corner looking lo alone. Like, it's okay for her to be upset about that, and it's okay for her to call them out, but she spends this time, as we said before, like, saying, like, I don't want to seem like I'm overreacting. I don't want to seem, like, overly emotional about this. I don't want to seem unfair. I think it was a totally fair thing for her to be upset about. And yeah. she felt like she had to question that. I agree. I mean, and I think this kind of thing can be both, right? Like, it can be, it can touch on a thing that is a trigger point for you. And it can also be a reflection of someone's kind of thoughtless behavior. Right. And I think yeah. we see those things sort of colliding in in this instance. The other thing I think that made this particular date go this way is that they're at the point of the date starting, aside from the little moment between Chris and Nate, and I'm not sure that we even know that Chris has it out for Nate at that point, because I think what we hear him talking about is in the voiceover, is there's no villain. And I feel like so often when the villain is on the group date, a lot of the guys step up, not because they're they're giving the the bachelorette attention. It's because they don't want the other person to get the chance, right? So it's like, oh, let me cut, <laughs> let me cut in. Let can I steal you for a second? And it's always like directed at like the villain, or the villain is doing it, and so it creates mm -hmm. this like competition. But on this date, it was all guys who got along. Jamie's gone. Martin isn't there either. We don't know that Chris sucks mm -hmm. yet. And so I think they genuinely were like, we're gonna show Michelle how fun we are. We're gonna have a fun time as a group. There's no need to fight. Like. I don't want to take time from so-and-so. Like, and I think that that actually hurt the guys because there was no conflict at all at the date that mm. like brought would have brought urgency if like a bad guy had been there, you know? Yeah, there's no one to like chum the waters exactly. and like create that that sense of competition. Although something does create a sense of competition, <laughs> which is the Bella Twins, <laughs> WWE stars, the Bella Twins, whacking each other with teddy bears. It's the ultimate teddy bear takedown. And now the guys are going to be dividing into two teams and then engaging in teddy bear to teddy bear individual combat uh, in order for their team to win time with Michelle. And this is something that effectively gets their attention. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're like violent, violence with <laughs> these 
with my new dear friend, the teddy bear. Locked in. Yes, I'm in. And I love the guys are immediately now like, well, it's, I've really got to get that time with Michelle. And I'm like, well, she was right there, like twiddling her thumbs three minutes ago, and you were not that interested in time with her. But now that it means beating the shit out of like Joe with the teddy bear, now you definitely want time with Michelle. And Michelle is like, great. Now they're definitely not going to be spending time with me because they're just going to be having duels. So fuck this date. I hate it here. Uh, Yeah. And uh, they really take to this activity. They're like, how can I insult other men who are perhaps not as swole as I am? Mm -hmm. It's Uh, a great opportunity to body shame, to masculinity police, to do all those things that make men, you know. Men. Men. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Rodney is, like, Leroy is more interested in a fashion shoot than, like, violence. And (laughs) Nate is, like, Rodney is built like a bag of potatoes. Brandon is built like a 17-year-old. Rude, Uh, Nate. Really, really rude. Um, And Olu and Brandon are the final pairing. It's (laughs) neck and neck. And Olu, like, slowly strips off his top and, like, flexes his muscles. And they're all like, Solu! (laughs) Wow, it's a really um, terrifying insight into yeah. male bonding, mm-hmm. and I am just grateful mm-hmm. that I'm a woman. Yeah. And <laughs> Olu does does beat Brandon. He compares their pairing to the Black Panther versus a mouse. <laughs> I just, I, Poor I would just love Rough. to, <laughs> I would just love to uh, sit these guys down for a seminar on toxic masculinity. Anyway, uh, after the game, no one comes up to Michelle or tries to pull her aside. The sat, the losing team Guys. is like slinking away. The winning team is celebrating, and she's only like, with each other. They're not like, "Yay, Michelle, yeah. we get time with you." They're like, "Yay, us, we beat the shit out of those seventeen-year-old bodied boys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like Men. basic stuff, guys. You lift her onto your shoulders and you yeah. carry her off to your cocktail hour. She's like, I'm over this. Um, and afterwards, she has a heart-to-heart with Caitlin about it and, you know, says, you know, I don't want to seem like, oh, I think I should always be this big center of attention. Like, I'm so special. That made me really heartbroken that she thinks that, like, wanting the guys who are purportedly courting her to, like, pay a little bit of attention to her is, like, self-centered. Also, like, you literally are the center of attention (laughs) on this show. But she, like, Like, feels like she doesn't, she has to be apologetic for that. It's It's very very telling and it's very upsetting. Um, And I think we have a clip because she gets into it a little bit more with Caitlin and kind of explains exactly what was so triggering about this date. On the poetry date that we just had, I wrote a poem about growing up and, you know, being the only person of color in all my classes and how I was so overlooked at times because there were no relationships, you know, romantically for so long. I felt like I was just, you know, the token, truly like the token black girl. And I I wasn't seen. So coming into this, I felt like if I'm in a room full of people who genuinely see something in me and want to get to know me, I would never feel like that. Frustrated and hurt. In this situation, 
I felt like one thing I wasn't gonna have to worry about was, you know, not being seen. I was hoping it would go away, but it's, you know, obviously affecting how I feel. God, that made me cry. Yeah. It hit close to home for me, too, because, like, I really relate to the the feeling of, like, never being considered romantically and, like, growing up feeling like no one ever wanted to date me, which Same. is, like, whatever. But then you're in a scenario <laughs> where people are like, now you're really going to shine. Like, everyone's going to be interested in you here. And it still doesn't happen. Like, I would just be like, so definitely something's super wrong with me that I'm, like, no one still wants to pay attention to me. Like, that, like, really broke my heart. And also, I'm a big old softie, so. <laughs> yeah, also, to be clear, I cry constantly, so. <laughs> yeah. I I usually don't cry, but I get I can get very sad. Yeah. Um, and this bummed me out. But let's take a quick break, and we'll be back shortly to talk about the after party. Can you keep up? I like So it's been a few years now, but I still look back on my time planning my wedding so fondly. I mean, I was so excited to get married to my partner and to plan a big party that really reflected who we are and our friend groups and our families. And it was also very complicated and there were lots of moving parts. It wasn't always easy. Well, Claire, maybe you should have used Zola because you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place with Zola. Yes, I've thought this many times in the years since. I mean, with Zola, you have free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website. There's a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team. I mean, everything on Zola is just designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are super fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts that you actually want, Zola takes you from save the date right to think so much without breaking a sweat. When I was planning my wedding, honestly, it was just so hard to keep track of every component of the planning process. It would have been so much easier in retrospect and let me enjoy the really fun parts of planning a wedding more if I just had everything centralized. And that is exactly what Zola makes so easy. I mean, that is like the number one advice I would give anyone planning a wedding today. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness? If so, Aloe Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced, Aloe Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very complicated and ever-changing like mine is. And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient. They've got award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, HIIT classes, or reformer Pilates workouts. Truly, truly have it all. Because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments. I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pickup or drop-off. You're making a lunch. You're like dealing with some need that your children have or you're working. And Aloe Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in 
in those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up, and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to allomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's allomoves.com, code LTSI20. allomoves.com, code LTSI20. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. As they should. Learning a language is so important. So if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel, the science-backed learning language app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks, which is kind of wild. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college, aka so, so many days of waking up for an 8.30 class that I maybe didn't need to do at all. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Personally, I've been trying to brush up on some basic French because I am headed to go work from Paris for a few weeks, and it's been really helpful because my French is not good, but now I don't have to sound like such an idiot. (laughs) You can never sound like an idiot, but Babbel can definitely help. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. And we're back. And we are heading right into the night portion of this date. The winning team, Clayton, Olu, Leroy, Nate, Romeo, and Casey are just sitting down, feeling great about themselves, (laughs) feeling great about all the bros that they are sitting with. And they're just like, we're here for a perfect drama-free night. We feel great. Michelle obviously feels great too. (laughs) Sir. (sighs) Little did they ever consider that the drama could come from the bachelorette herself. So Michelle joins them, clearly very down, She sits down with the guys and tells them that, just like she said in her poem the previous week, she feels overlooked. She feels like they're not putting in the same effort as she is to make moments happen. She's like, I don't expect much, just a hello, maybe, during a date. And, you know, I I always fear, like, that I will commit to someone who doesn't see me. And then she's like, Nate, anyway, want to talk? And she walks off with Nate and... All the other guys are just like, well, we fucked up. Like, this is a very bad situation. Um, also, like, you know what? Yes. Good. Take it in. Sit with how you <laughs> made her feel. Feeling. Think about it. I will say yeah, you they really did. No one was like, we didn't do that. Like, they all were like, yeah, we fucked up, which I appreciated. Because so, there's usually, like, the I one guy too. who's like, well, actually, I said hello. to." It's like, okay, you're missing the point. I think that's also part of why they all were like, what the fuck, Chris, when he reacted the way Mm. he did later on. Because, like, in this moment, they're very much all, like, Michelle told us that we made her feel badly. And, like, all of us are upset by that and accept that as truth. 
and yeah. like want to do better. Right. They're like, we took it on board. Like Olu is like crying. Oh my like God. they're I was very moved upset by him. that they made that, her feel that, this way. Olu, Olu moved me. <laughs> me same, too. Same. He's just okay. I just want to do a quick I love Olu moment here right now. Because what is so Olu has shown us so much range in just these few minutes of the show. The only thing that Olu did wrong is he really went hard with you are like my sister. And to me, if I'm the bachelorette, I'm going great. Ooh. Glad to have a brother, but also <laughs> not trying to fuck my brother. So I love you. Let's be friends. <gasps> but other than that, I mean, he was and then he like went to her. Point. I, and, I, I do suspect. Uh, actually I think we that, actually have a clip of this. Yeah. moment. Oh, okay. So let's 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 listen and and uh, see how we feel. I feel her pain having four sisters and seeing what they went through growing up, what she faced as a black woman, not feeling accepted, not feeling beautiful. It um, made me feel what she felt, Michelle. What she said kind of reminded me of my sisters. Being that girl that's isolated, not feeling loved, these are things that I've seen my sister grow up with. And, you know, me being that male figure, my sister's life and having to uplift them, tell them that you're beautiful, you can do anything, you know? Um, the right guy will come to your life, you know? Just having to preach that on a consecutive basis <laughs> made me tear. <sighs> I wanna cry, but <sighs> I feel you, I hear you. Everything you're doing now shows that you're a strong woman. I appreciate you. I really do. Even just him saying, like, I feel you, I hear you, I appreciate you, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. uh, I love him. I feel like what he is, and I I actually am torn on whether this was a smart move or not, based on what you said, um, Tracy, because I think that what he's trying to say to Michelle is, these issues are not new to me. You won't have to explain mm -hmm. them to me. You only have to, like, bring it up and I understand because that's something that's in my family that I know. And that's going to be a shared experience and language between us. I was a little bit like, so you're saying your sisters had only their brother to ever tell them that they were beautiful and, like, you were just the sole heroic figure lifting them up on your shoulders and telling them how great they were. I was like, okay, like, that's a little much for me. I don't know if I were Michelle, if I would be feeling that comparison at that moment. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that was the right move for Olu here. <laughs> she seemed to like it. I just like, I like seeing men modeling the expression of emotions mm -hmm. in a softer way. And yeah. Yeah. I love that he so, cried. I love that. Cry, he, I cry. love that he cried. I'm always a fit. I mean, just please. The, I love. It's one thing I like about this show. It didn't feel like a manipulative cry either. Like it felt so genuine. To oh, Cause totally. sometimes the guys will be like trying to squeeze out a tear and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, we get it. You're emotional. But he just, <laughs> I almost feel like listening back to that audio, he was saying his sisters, but it almost felt like he was saying himself, you know, like the mm -hmm. way he kept saying, like, mm -hmm. I know what it's like, you know, cause my sisters went through yeah. this, not me, but I felt like it was sort of a him <laughs> thing. I, I just found it. I just found him to be such 
he sort of was like our narrator this episode because it sort of started with him talking about Jamie and we see him a bunch throughout. And I just, I really fell in love with him. Not to mention he is so handsome. Like, I mean, and all the things that are great about it. doesn't his, hurt yeah. that he's extremely That's hot. exactly right. <laughs> um, but yeah. I, I found his response to her, obviously, to be the most meaningful and the most genuine. And I felt like, unlike the other guys who felt badly because they had made Michelle feel badly in that moment, I really felt like Olu understood the bigger insecurities that she was speaking about. Absolutely. Like, I I felt like his tears were the tears of, like, I have been on the other side of this, either himself by proxy via his sisters, both. He's been on the other side of this, and the thought of, like, having done that to someone mm-hmm. else hits very close to home. Right. Whereas for the other, like, you look at, like, Nate and his Ugh. conversation. She's like, I'm hurt because I have feelings for you, and, like, I don't feel like you're really doing enough to show that back to me. And Nate's like, well, I definitely see you. I can, de- I'm willing to definitely do better. I'm sorry. And I was like, I just don't know if he's really giving me what what I need from Nate here. Like, he's like, I def- he knows he fucked up, but does it doesn't seem like he's really, like, connecting with what's happening here. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think with Nate, I sometimes wonder if what we're seeing is that he's not interested in Michelle or if it's that, like, he's always been so, like, tall and cute and charming that, like, <laughs> he's never needed to, like, work that hard to completely sweep a girl off her feet. Yeah. And he, like, doesn't really <laughs> understand needing to grovel or needing to like make a huge effort like she's like saying to him basically like my feelings for you are such that like I'm looking for you to make the kind of gestures step up in the kind of way that like my future husband would and he's like all I'm supposed to have to do is like sit here and be pretty and like nice and like isn't that enough and like no he's got to like go above and beyond at some point um, now that she's questioning his interest. And we see all the guys are kind of trying to, like, apologize to her and be like, we do see you. This results in so many conversations where they're like, you are seen yeah. by me. I see you. I see you. And you're going to know it. Um, so that's that's a good sign. And at the end of the date, she gives the rose to Olu. Um and seems, like, pretty positive about the outcome, mm-hmm. that she's glad she spoke up and she's glad that some of the guys stepped up a little bit to help her get back on track emotionally. Um, and that brings us to the final date. Rick, the sky is the limit. Rick is clearly very anxious about this date because his frenzied energy is back. Oh, my God. He's- yes, you can feel his nervousness vibrating michelle is like waiting for him when his suv pulls up and he runs out and jumps and tries to give her like a very enthusiastic hug but it's like terrible form his like (laughs) arms are over her shoulders and but he's like trying to like squeeze and lift her and i'm like you can't lift someone while your arms are wrapped around their shoulders especially if you're like the same height like I kind of enjoy how, like, (laughs) unsmooth he is. He's not smooth. Because it also betrays, like, the fact that he's genuinely really into Michelle. Like, he's, like, all nervous and kind of, like, fucking up his Mm. moves. I find it a little bit endearing. Yeah. And they're 
going on a heights themed date she's like are you afraid of heights and he's like i don't know it depends like on uh like what what the heights are and like what we're going to be like doing in the heights and basically <laughs> the like, answer is it, is it the musical in the heights because in in that case i'm i'm very into it but- <laughs> are we going to be dancing in formation in the street in the heights um and i was like we already had our like fear of heights date um recently oh, what's climbing. going on the answer is they're just going to be... never have too many, right? They're going to be riding a cable car to the top of a mountain and then hiking. This is not a fear of heights state unless you are incredibly afraid of heights. Like, Which it kind of seems like perhaps Rick is. Eh. Like, I don't know. Totally, like, it's like raised and then it's like not a thing at all. They just like ride the cable car to the top and then they go for a hike. It looked like a lovely date. It's like a very nice, like normal, like I'm thinking like... Portland first date sort of date exactly. or like LA, LA first date. Let's go for a hike. Mm, very right? LA. I can attest to that. <laughs> so glad I don't live there. Um, <laughs> they, she, they're like taking in all the, the nature. She's like, that smells like butterscotch. And I Googled, apparently this is Ponderosa pine. Mm. It smells like butterscotch. So I, in a way, was on a nature hike. Yes. While I was watching. Uh, virtually. I was eating mm-hmm. butterscotch. So I was there. <laughs> it was very emotional. That's my idea of a nature hike is watching someone else go on a nature hike while I eat candy yes. in my home. Mm-hmm. A dream. They come across a wish box. <laughs> this was my favorite uh, part of the whole episode. Oh my god. I we need to talk about this. I I could not handle. So so they come across this wish box and they're like, "Okay, we have to read. It's like give a like make a wish, take a wish." So we have to like read all the wishes of the strangers. Yeah. <laughs> who clearly came here completely unprompted uh, before us. And wouldn't you know, they all seem to be exactly related to this particular date we're on, as well as Rick's trauma. They all seem to be written in the same size (laughs) handwriting (laughs) with similar pen strokes. And they're all like, I wish to find my soulmate. I wish for a love like like grandparents. I'm like... These were not written on this mountain. Yeah, I was like, this is not the way that people write, like, actual wishes. Yes, and wouldn't the wish be like, I wish for a billion dollars? Like, there was no fun wishes. It's like, I wish to get the fuck off this mountain. Yeah, (laughs) and they also weren't, like, specific enough. Like, if you really think you're writing, like, a secret wish and, like, cleansing your soul, like, I don't know. I, I thought they would both be, like, more fun and probably darker and probably more specific. And instead it was just like, wouldn't it be nice to find my true love? One wish says, I wish my dad could see the man I've become, which is just sounds unlikely to happen, unfortunately. And Rick says that he relates because his dad passed away three years before. And... Um, Michelle's like, well, it's important to have these hard conversations when you're falling in love. And that's their wish. And that's their wish. They go to write their <laughs> wish together, but Michelle is writing. I love this. They're sort of like speaking this over each really other. really funny. And Rick is saying, like, he thinks they're saying the same thing. He's like, we wish to find love in the easy times and the hard times. And at the same time, Michelle is saying, we wish to find love by having the hard conversations. And she writes what she said. And he's like, great, perfect. That's, I, that's, that's exactly, exactly what I said. said. Yes. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that, okay, I'm completely unspoiled, but I think that Rick is going to win. And I do not like Rick. Whoa. I'm not into Wait, Rick. Really? I do. He's getting this edit that is like, feels so generous. Guy on the plate is now 
guy with a sad story. Like, I just, I, I, for whatever reason, and I don't know what it is about Rick, but I, like, feel strongly that he could win. And I also am... And you also hate I don't him? Like, I don't hate him. I don't <laughs> like him. The way he kisses grosses me out. I think he's getting... I don't like her. I don't like him for Michelle. I don't either. I, I don't see them together. Same. I think he's getting Michelle's, like, friend-zoned... Not like the guy who gets to like top four or three, but you know, you know that like she she doesn't really think of him as the one. He's just someone who makes her feel really good, mm-hmm. and right. like, she just He's can't like quite this get there. Something's nice, missing. Dependable person that's good to have around, and I think he'll do pretty well. But I don't, I do not actually see him winning. So let's move on to the night portion. Michelle shows up. In another excellent outfit, like a one-shoulder, slightly puff-shoulder, gold glitter gown. Oh, my God. She looks so gorgeous. Just stunning. Very, very into it. And Rick is like, okay, I understand the assignment, (laughs) and I am ready to purge my trauma. Yeah. We have to have the hard conversation. So he says, my dad was sometimes a good husband and father. And sometimes he wasn't. And Michelle's like, whatever you got to say, lay it on me. I'm here. And Rick's like, okay. When I was 17, right before Christmas, I saw a text on my father's phone that seemed suspicious. I told my mom. She found out that he had cheated. And right after Christmas, they split up. And I blamed myself. For a long time. And I he says for the last 10 years of his dad's life, presumably like given like roughly Rick's age and and when his father passed away, like after this divorce, yeah. he was very depressed. And he says his father when his father died a few years ago, he says he knows his dad still blamed him for telling his mom. Oh, that. Yeah. Yikes. Again, again, Awful. knife to the heart. It's very sad. And then. Michelle says, well, that's why you're such an amazing person. And that's when Rick decides to make a certain variety of confession, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> let's let's play a clip. I can't rule out the fact that I could be falling in love with you and you feel like I am. And I know that's a lot to be said, but I know what my gut is saying. And I... Just I'm gonna enjoy every moment with you. I get and just look forward to the next time I get another moment with you and the next, and the next, and the next. Because I'm actually looking forward to that moment where I can't say I'm in love. It's too much. I can't rule it out. Uh, uh, I can't. <laughs> I can't rule it out. You feel like you can't rule out the fact you that you're be, falling in that love. That you could be falling in love. You you can't rule it out for sure. Like art, like you can't rule it in necessarily. No. But but you also look forward to the time when you can can say. That yeah, you're it will be yeah. confirmed at some point in the future. Um, you. I can think assume. this is a new. I'm going to call this a new first step mm-hmm. in the escalating ladder of falling in love declarations. This is like a pre falling in love. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. You know, it's like you need to be specific about what stage you're at. Yeah. And Rick is like, I'm at the stage where I can't roll it out. Yeah. I honestly loved Michelle's ultimate response to all of this. And she says, Rick, my little lettuce wrap, (laughs) 
Will you accept this rose? <gasps> See, this is what Michelle gives the men to make them feel seen. She always emphasizes their little in-jokes. Mm-hmm. She's like, I know who you are. You're the one who had his head you're on the, a platter. The and table Rodney, guy. you're the apple yeah. one. Very teacher. Another very teacher move. Good teachers always have the little thing with the student of like, oh, you did it. Did, did, did. Yeah, it's probably wow. how she remembers their names. Mm. And she's like, this is now my fun fact about you. Uh, I have one fun fact about all of my students. I had a teacher who called all of us student, except for the football players whose names he learned. Wait, what? Yeah. That's no. horrible. Uh, Catholic school in Indiana is a trip. Wow. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Claire. <laughs> they wrap up this date by going to a private concert with Andy Grammer. <laughs> Andy of, Grammer. Uh, of course. My favorite Musical artist. This is a punishment. Andy Grammer. Does anyone know what that is? Andy Grammer has a song that came out a couple years ago that I hated so much that I can't even remember what it's called. But it's about, like... Is it the one that's like "Honey, I'm Home" or whatever? Dude, I've literally no I've never heard of an God. Andy. They used to like yeah, constantly I'm playing in like the grocery store. I hate it. Anyway, it's sort of like a country, like rock like hip-hop thing that he does it's very like weird anyway not romantic they have to stand like six feet away from andy Grammer while he promotes his new single leaf on Le- lease on life which is not really romantic <laughs> it's just andy Grammer screaming got a brand new lease on life like three <laughs> oh feet away God, from there while they try to make out <laughs> i'm sorry that probably really hurt your ears just like andy Grammer hurt my ears well, they were like i'm sorry michelle you can't defer a private concert for both of your dates so we have to give you <laughs> yeah. one for one of them. We promised Andy Grammer. Rick <laughs> does not move his feet the entire time they're dancing. <laughs> he bobs his upper body a little. Michelle is doing a little, you know, little zhuzhing here and there. Rick's feet firmly planted on the ground. No, barely yeah. even bends his knees. I could look like, away. He's like, look, Michelle, this <laughs> is what I'm offering you. This is what life will be like if you spend it with me, um, a mediocre white man. And this is just... This is the the rhythm that I am bringing to this relationship, and it's important that you know that up front. Uh, yeah. But Michelle is loving it. She's like, Rick is proof this is working. They make out while Andy Grammer screams very gamely. And I think that brings us to the end of this date. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the cocktail party. Can you keep up? I like I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm -hmm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style. Same. If I really need a new luxury basic, I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus. They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing... uh, and passes the savings on to us. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like, I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, but I also have gotten really into, like, their luggage and travel accessories. 
I just purchased an incredible like neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash LTSI. If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white, or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine. If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with, this is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better. I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself a quiz, and good wine. I mean, everyone's winning here. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. And we're back. And we open with Nate, who is unaware of what he's in for that night, really trying to give everyone else a pep talk. Like, guys, (laughs) just, we had a little bump. But don't bring that into your conversations with Michelle. He's like, I don't think she's feeling bad right now. I think she's excited to see each and every one of us. And, like, we're going to have a good night. And Chris S. is not impressed. I think we have a clip of his reaction. I wasn't at the cocktail party. But Michelle told the guys she felt like she wasn't seen. I don't think these guys understand the way she feels and how upset she was. And here she is right now. There's 14 guys here, and she is saying that she's not being seen. That's unbelievable. Her feelings are more important than anyone sitting in there. That needs to be addressed. Okay, so he starts with, I wasn't there. And then he's (laughs) like, I am the only one who understands what she said. I love the opening of just, like, complete omission. That Like, I have no context for this other than, you know, some chatter I've heard from other people. But, like... I am the expert now on Michelle's emotional st- state. I hate Chris. I do. Like, fuck Ugh, you, Chris. That was the Jamie thing, too, that was like, I wasn't there, but I definitely need to speak up about the thing that happened that I wasn't there for. Just, like, imagine having that level of self assuredness that you're like, I have no context for this thing. I have no knowledge about this thing. I have not spoken to the person whose defense I'm about to come to, but let me take a minute and speak on this. 
And with Chris, it's like faux self-assuredness. Like you can tell he's so nervous. Deeply insecure. Deeply yeah. nervous the whole time. So Michelle walks down the stairs. Chris jumps up to thrust a drink into her hand. <laughs> and before she can address the group in any way, shape, or form, he decides to do it himself. And we do have a clip of this as well. I'm sorry for all the Chris. Both had to be clipped. It just. Uh, before we get started, I want to say something. Um, I wasn't at the cocktail party the other night, but... I know that she addressed that she felt like she wasn't being seen. I think that there are guys here that think that they have it in the bag. I think that's And I think that they're not showing you that, you know, the effort that you deserve. And I think that you should give time to other people who are here for you, who are showing you the effort that you deserve. And I feel like the guys that think that they have it in the bag, they should either speak up or they should go home. Okay, so this is amazing because Chris frames it as though he's like, I'm here to just step in and protect Michelle. When in fact, what he's doing is he is actually reprimanding Michelle for not giving him enough attention. Yeah, yeah, fully. Otherwise, what he could have addressed it to the whole group before she showed up, before she showed up. That was like, I feel like I've heard you, Nate, say some things. And some of the rest of you maybe feel the same. Like, you don't need to make an effort because, like, you're going to get your one-on-one or whatever. But we really need to step up for Michelle. But no, that wouldn't have been an opportunity for him to say to Michelle, you should really give more time to me. Yeah. It's very obvious what he's doing. And I think that we see that all the other dudes immediately are like, what the fuck? Even Michelle. Doesn't she respond to that with, like, thanks, Chris? She's like, thank you for speaking up. Thanks for Chris. speaking up. <laughs> I, I I genuinely wanted, I wonder how Michelle actually felt about this because her initial reaction seemed very put off. She's like, thank you for speaking up, Chris. Yeah. But then when they spoke, she does seem to be taking everything that he says on board in a very trusting way. I think he unfortunately, again, spoke to something that is a really big fear Mm -hmm. of hers, which is that like she's putting her trust in the wrong people, that she is going, you know, she's going to ultimately choose someone who just can take advantage of her and isn't actually there for her. And so she's sort of grasping onto this like meager information that Chris S is is offering. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of what we're seeing. Well, and I also think what Chris does in a roundabout way is sort of exactly what she says that she doesn't want, which is like he's speaking for her. He's not listening to her. He doesn't see her. He jumps in like, again, this is supposed to be her show, her moment. She gets to address the men all as a group finally. And he's like, Mm, okay, pretty little thing. Let me tell you what you're feeling and why you (laughs) should like like I have some thoughts that need to be expressed before your own. He truly stepped in to preempt her speech so that he could include in it the insinuation that she is making bad choices. Like, that the reason this is happening is because she is giving attention to the wrong people. And yeah, I think you guys are right. Because he touched on some of her insecurities, she was, like, kind of, like, knocked back by that a little bit instead of maybe immediately picking up on what a dick he was being. Mm -hmm. Um, But she does... She hates to hear that someone thinks they have it in the bag. She's gotten that energy from some of the guys. And so she's like, this has been a tough week. No one has it in the bag. FYI. She toasts. Brandon quickly steps up to ask to talk to her first. And then Chris S. interrupts and says, 
I'm going to take her first if you don't mind. I'm sorry, Chris. I missed the part where you checked to see if Michelle would mind. Yeah. Or if she wants to talk to you. No, because Michelle is a trophy that he can just grab straight from Brandon's little hand. I'm going to take her if you don't He's her. Terrible. I'm going to take He's her t- if you this don't mind. Whole, oh, oh, he's so, so repellent. He gives me major was in Washington, D.C. at the Capitol on January 6th vibes. There's a lot of like coded language that comes up later with Nate. A lot of the like sexism against Michelle. Like I say mm-hmm. it as a joke, but also I did go on his Instagram. I look to see he's he's wiped a lot of stuff from his Instagram. There's huge breaks. So then I went to his sister's Instagram. There, there's no answers for sure, but I was snooping because I just, I don't get, the, there's a feeling about him. Also, you're getting, you're getting MAGA I'm getting vibes, MAGA vibes. Is what you're also, saying. he is a stock day trader in Los Angeles, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with the stock exchange, but it's super not here. So you have to get up super yeah. early <laughs> yeah. to do your in job. In fact, I am because unfortunately, um, we've had to wade through the swarms <laughs> of yeah. men who actually work on Wall Street they, in dating apps. I didn't think yeah. there was room for a single guy who doesn't work on Wall Street. Yeah, apparently you so can many. work on Wall Street from the comfort of West Hollywood, which like maybe, but you're already starting behind. You know, he's he's... I just, I don't trust him. I don't like him. I'm getting MAGA. I'm getting weird day trader vibes. It's all bad. And it only somehow gets worse. There's so much, there's so much weird energy coming from Chris. We're going to talk about all of it. But one thing that starts to quickly happen for me is also that I'm getting like little boy in his daddy's suit vibes or something. Like there's something (laughs) where he just lacks the self-assuredness or like he thinks he's being like very like worldly or like suave about something. And instead it just like seems a little like not all there. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, or like he seems drunk. I was like, I don't know what it is. It's like, he doesn't have what it would take to pull off the whole like suave villain move he's pulling off. I don't know. Yeah, it's not it's not really it's not really um working for him and I suspect he will flame out soon, but look, they needed a new villain. A few have been sent home. One always must emerge mm-hmm. from the ashes and Chris S is here to yeah. to fill that role and I just was laughing so hard when Nate just like repeatedly called him a dweeb. <laughs> oh my god. Well, and big so- Chris was like <laughs> little Chris is just saying stuff. <laughs> Oh my god, that was so funny. That That is what it felt like. Saying like he like hyped himself up to give a speech, and then like he didn't really have anything except Michelle said she didn't feel seen, and that's what I have. Yeah, that's the that's feeling seen is so important, and I think that's really sucks, you guys. That sucks. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So, oh my god, Brandon and Chris are having this showdown. Michelle's like. Brandon already stepped up, but okay, Chris, I'll talk to you for a minute and then I'll come find you, Brandon. And they walk off. The guys are all gobsmacked. Nate points out, and I think this is obvious and correct, it's very weird of Chris to bring this up now in front of the group when Michelle had conversations with six of them already about it. And like, he doesn't know how much was resolved in those conversations already. Right. Like, um, sir, you have no context for this. Like, what are you doing? And I and all of the men seem pretty aligned on this. It's like yeah. Clayton is like weirded out. 
Olu. He, all of them are just sort of like, that was fucking weird. Yeah. yeah. Olu is like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we yeah. all really went into this. Yeah. So Chris S. is now spilling poison into Michelle's ear. <laughs> He's like, I think I was one of the guys who really put in time to make you feel noticed. And she's like, okay, whatever, great. Dry pack during Twister. Don't forget, <laughs> oh never forget. God. It's like, she doesn't, that doesn't make her feel good, Chris, because she doesn't care about you. Sorry. And he's like, I noticed a lot of other people sat around and didn't make it. Like, I'm sorry, this is very like, I should get an A on the group project. Well, he was because the teacher's my pet. partners were. Remember, he's ugh, the one who came in the little ugh. teacher pet outfit. He, this is full fledged right. teacher pet vibes. Oh. As a former teacher's pet, I do not align myself, but I see it. I do see it. He's totally doing the, like, I should get a better grade on the group project because they were playing video games while I, like, made our binder. And (laughs) Nate, (laughs) you know, sometimes a school project involves a binder. Um, And he tells her that Nate specifically said, um, about the date card, I already know I'm going to get a one-on-one. It's just a matter of when, so this doesn't matter. This is a sort of rewording of what Nate said. Um, it doesn't seem significantly worse than what Nate actually said, but I don't think that Michelle needed to hear it presented in this way. I don't really know. She already kind of knew that Nate was not doing enough, and they'd already addressed it. It also makes it... It, it makes it seem... Like, he was, I, I don't know, be like, lording that over the other men much more than he actually was. Yeah. I think that Michelle is already feeling at this point, like, she's questioning whether Nate is giving enough. Right. And this was just not what she needed to hear. Right. Um, this goes back to, like, what I was saying before is that I think that because he happened to hit on a trigger point for her, she ended up taking what he said kind of more seriously than perhaps she would have. Yeah. So then they have this whole conversation. Michelle's looking very shaken. She thanks him for bringing this up. And there's a moment when Chris is looking down at her mouth and he, like, starts to lean in for a kiss (laughs) as Michelle is standing up to say goodbye to him. She's like, hug. What about a little... A hug. We're Chef's not. That's not moment. the level. That's not the level she, the, we're at, man. The misreading of this moment on his part was so profound. Yeah, yeah. Like this is not how you lead up to a kiss. Well, it's again. He's like, I put in the work. I did the thing. So now I deserve a kiss. You, you must give me one. Yeah. And she's just so clearly not into him. She's not even paying attention to him. It's not about him. It's about, no, it's about the guys. She actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Chris House returns to the group, and Nate's like, uh, that was weird. Uh, what was that about? And Chris is like, I did it because I saw the look on her face yesterday. And no one's on Chris Chris's side. The guys are all like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to sabotage everyone by making this kind of blanket statement? And meanwhile, Nate goes to talk to Michelle himself. And asks her how she feels about the Chris thing. And she says, well, he brought you up. And the, the comment you made about how you were definitely going to get a one-on-one. Nate makes a very significant, in my opinion, strategic miscalculation here. Which is instead of addressing the substance of what's making Michelle upset, he's he makes it about conflict between him and Chris. He's like, I don't know why Chris is singling me out. I can't control how people feel about me. 
Okay, she doesn't care, Nate. She cares about whether you said that and why. And, like, you just have to, you have to turn your attention to that, even if it feels really dumb that you're getting called out for this comment, which I do think is dumb that Chris made this into a thing. But, like, she doesn't care about that. So, like, don't talk about it. It makes it seem like you don't care about how she feels. This is now the second conversation he's had with Michelle where she's like, you're not giving me enough. And he doesn't seem to have, like, a real strong level of concern about that. He's like, okay, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And it's like, if you really saw this as your future wife, I would hope that you would have more genuine (laughs) concern about how many issues she's having with you. So Nate is feeling a lot of feelings about Chris. He heads back to the group, taps Chris on the arm, pulls him aside for a quick chat. I think we do have a clip of part of this. What the hell is going on? So, dude, I didn't mean to single you out, okay? So what did you say to her? I'm like, well, you know, Rick got the date card, and Nate was like, I'll get a one-on-one date. Like, it's not if, it's when. Mm. So let's just say I did actually say that. Why does it bother you? It doesn't bother me. But when you present it to her, like, it bothers her because guess what? I had my time with Michelle, and guess what? All we talked about was Chris saying this, Chris saying that, Chris saying this, and Chris, what's going on in the house, and why is everybody think that guy's walking around like... I didn't go in there and say, hey, Nate did this. She asked and probed and probed. What do you mean by probe? Like, like it sounds probe, like it probe sounds is like, asking a question. No, no, probe is asking you're a saying question. It, you're saying like, like it's like, hey, man, it's not really my fault. Hey, I wouldn't have no, actually talked about it. No, probing is asking a question. It's asking a question, man. Why is my name even in your? You denied that you said that. You denied that you said that. Why is my name even in your mouth when you're talking to Michelle? You denied that you said that. She probed me. She probed me and asked me, and I gave her the facts. She probed me and asked me. I told her. The facts. Worry about yourself, dude. Not worry about me. I've been worried about myself. Okay, I mean, I all right, all right. So are you finished? Are you finished? Are you finished? What the are you talking about? Are you finished? About? Are you finished? Like, like this, this is done. Insane. I didn't dude, you not realize the entire house is looking at you like, Calm yo, down. what the Calm is wrong down. this guy? Calm down. Right. Are you gonna put your hands on? No, me? I'm not. I'm just talking to you. Okay. Chill, dude. Okay. Hey, hey. This is infuriating to listen to again. In infuriating i don't even know where to start but i know there's so there's so much that's so i'm just gonna start by saying that when you are watching this the point at which chris says are you going to put your hands on me is like what are you talking about like Like, nate is literally just standing in front of him holding his hands out leaning back he's leaning on that thing he's not even like fully standing like engaged in any sort of confrontational manner he's literally standing leaning. nothing about his body language indicates that he is going to quote put his hands on well that i mean that's what i was getting at earlier the like maga in the coded coded language language, like the calm down calm down are you going to put your hands on me the talking down to him like he doesn't know what probe means when clearly he was saying what do you mean by probe not what does probe mean the whole thing. I would say, what do you mean by probe? Because it sounds like a something a UFO <laughs> like does in its right, inner like, sanctum. It sounds like something the FBI is doing. Like, to, like Michelle extracted this from you in some like, way. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? She probed. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's being so condescending to Nate. He's then like trying to paint it as though Nate is somehow the aggressor in this situation which is ridiculous. They're just like having a conversation at a very normal level of conflict. And Nate is like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because what you're saying makes no fucking sense, which it doesn't. And also like the whole, I'm just saying the facts of it. Like, like that whole, I I know that this word is overused a lot, but I'm actually going to feel like this is a safe place to say it in this situation is 
Chris is gaslighting the shit out of Nate right now. Like he really is manipulating him in a way to make him believe that he is like wrong for thinking or asking these questions as if his questions are are unfounded or like that this conversation, like he's spiraling the whole thing out of control. He's doing it in a different way than I think a lot of the times we think of gaslighting, but it's a super tactical, manipulative, like use of language. And it's also racially coded. There's, there's just so much going on with what Chris is doing. And it is like, that was very difficult for me to watch and listen. I do feel like I've seen that happen a lot, especially to tall black men like that is a real serious mm-hmm. move that we see mm-hmm. all the time absolutely yeah. like the, the 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 way that he's talking to him is is everything you just said and i think it goes back to like when nate is like if i like let's say i said what you said which he said some version of it yeah. but you know who knows how he uh, how does nate know how he spun it to michelle whatever why does it bother you chris says it doesn't bother me and nate says so why did you say anything and chris says she asked okay but so what bothered you enough to get up in front of the group and make a speech that apparently had to do with my saying that right. in some way like you raised this with michelle michelle didn't raise it with you and then when she asked what was behind that speech you said what nate said Okay, so it did bother you if it prompted you to make that little speech in some way. Like, he's, like, trying to, yeah, like, wiggle out of it by making Nate think that, like, the terms of the conversation are something completely different than the events that actually just unfolded. And then as soon as he gets called on it, it's, like, this lashing out where he tries to, like, confuse and misdirect. And it's, like, this flailing in the water type thing where, like, he's confusing Nate out of trying to confuse Nate out of the conversation or like change the topic or distract. And it's, it's like, it's this. And that very much is exactly what you said. That is gaslighting. It's like, if I make you question the terms of this conversation enough, then I can end this conflict because on some level he knows he's in the wrong. I mean, the first thing he says before Nate even says anything in this conversation is like, uh, uh, I, I didn't mean to single you out, man. Yeah. So, like, he knows he fucked up right. in some way. But then instead, he's like, oh, well. Let me double down. Let me double down and make this, frame this black man as the aggressive one in this yeah. situation. And it's it's just really fucked up. That was really gross. And poor Nate is like, what? I'm just, like, literally talking to you. And Chris tries to then, like, I guess, be like, I'm done. Like, I'm done with this conversation. And Nate's like, well, so if it's not just me, who else is on the list? And Chris is like, there's no list. I don't do homework. All right, teacher's pet. Okay. You do, you little Whatever. (laughs) We know you do homework. You work ahead in your workbook. That's what teacher's pets do because I definitely did that. Okay. And Nate's like, okay, dweeb. (laughs) And that's the end of that conversation. And Chris's takeaway from this, and I want to uh, quote what he says here, in his in the moment, I came in on my white horse and I saved her from the castle that she's been stuck in. And then he gives a little shrug. Like, a, like, like again, a little... truly and completely. Fuck you, dude. Fuck right off with that. There's a point earlier where <sighs> Brandon is saying, like, well, why did you have to speak for her? Like, you spoke for her. You took you t- took up her floor. And Chris is like, to say words that she already said. And it's like, okay, so then why the fuck did you need to say it? Like, she already took care of this. Like, they know. Oh, your your voice. Your voice is the one that can cut through 
the mess and reach everyone. Like it just betrays such such, yeah. such a gross attitude and like positioning of him himself. He is and, fully the guy who like spoke up ugh. at the meeting to say the same thing as the woman already said. Yeah. And now is taking credit for it. He's like, wow, what a great <laughs> idea I had. Yeah. I had the idea and also I saved her from having her idea ignored at the same time somehow. Nate is unfortunately now embroiled in some drama. And fortunately for him, all the other guys are on his side. Uh, everyone thinks it was very snaky to call him out to Michelle. Um, but some of the other guys are finding nice moments with Michelle small during moments, this cocktail hour. Small moments. Small moments. Joe has made Snacks. a little moment for Michelle. He got her snack. He's like, I, you, you, I asked you how I can be there for you, and you said snacks, so I got you snacks. It's three bowls of candy. She says, I've never had those before. They look like Skittles to me. Skittles and M&Ms? I, I was deeply confused. I was like, those are like the most common candies in America. Live a little. Eat the Skittles. Our office used to give out free Skittles as a snack, wow. so I think of it as a fundamental snack food. Yeah, I've developed a bit of a problem during that, that <laughs> They era. have... They have a sweet moment. He says that he was disappointed in himself for not, like, showing her more that about how much he sees her. They eat Skittles together. They snuggle under a blanket that he brought. They make out. It's so cute. She really likes Joe, so it makes me happy to see him trying to clearly, like, up his game here. Uh, Rodney sits with Michelle and is like, I owe you more of myself. And she's like, I want you to be okay with tuning other people out. So I guess this is a thing about how he's too focused on the guys. He's in the fully group. friend zone. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if I see it for them long term. But they do their secret handshake. They make out. But friends do. He lives another week. Not a handshake to show your love. <laughs> <laughs> our secret handshake it's making out yeah. that's how i keep my marriage spicy uh brandon also is like you're giving your all to me i'm not doing enough i could have done more on that group date and she's like well you have made me feel special in the past and that's i love that and they kiss and she's feeling good she's like these guys are hearing me they're stepping up they do see me and uh, meanwhile, Olu has decided with his rose on his on his lapel, he doesn't need to spend too much time making Michelle feel seen. It's time instead to make sure that Chris also feels seen as the villain he is. So he asks Chris if he thinks he's going to get a rose. And Chris is like, well, what makes you think I won't get a rose? And Olu's like, oh, that shit you just pulled. And... Chris is like, well, the reception I got upstairs makes me think I won't be going anywhere. And Olu's like, we'll see. And Chris is like, yeah, yeah, we will. We'll see. Uh, and then in his in the moment, he says, when Michelle calls my name, I'm going to say, this one's for you, Olu, and I'm going to wink at him. And this becomes a whole thing. He's like, I'm going to be like, get a vase and you can keep my rose in a vase until next week because I'm going to be here for a long time, Olu. And I'm just like, Chris, if you were ever going to get anyone on your side, you're really losing them here. Um, it's time for the rose ceremony. Also, first, uh, I guess we should say Olu, Rick, and Martin already have roses. And the roses go to Brandon, Leroy, Joe, Rodney, Clayton, Casey, Nate, 
And Chris S. He does get that last rose. We knew he would. You've got to keep a villain around for at least two weeks. Yeah, Olu was like, I think you're going home after that. And I was like, Olu, you don't know how the show works. And it's (laughs) sweet and I love it. The rest of you you get along way too well. Like, we need a shit stirrer still at this point. But justice for my boy, Romeo, who's... So hot. So hot. I love Romeo. I'm so sad. I love Romeo. I'm so sad. I was very sad. I was like, Will, problematic retweets. He can go. Chris G, you seem fine. But it's the spoken word cadence is a lot. Romeo, like, hot mathematician in New York City. Come on. Also, like, big Chris. I obviously would have traded him for small Chris or whatever. But Romeo, like, what's up? He's a babe. He's a smarty. Like, I I just... And I I liked him this week. I don't get it. I thought he was cute this week. He had a few little moments when they were all getting shamed for not loving Michelle enough. I do feel that he will absolutely kill it on Paradise. Mm -hmm. Uh, He might be just, like, more suited for... A summer franchise. Yeah. I I gen- I just don't think that Michelle really clicked with mm-hmm. him. Like we never really saw. Yeah, I think that no. Happen. I think you're right. I think they but just weren't we, a match. There's but. some sneaky. I think she likes Leroy. He gets his roses called early a lot, but we never see him. We never see them interact. We never see him in like narrating anything. I want more on that. Maybe he's going to be like the Catherine Judici sure. or whatever of this season. Yeah, maybe. I want him to be the dark horse to, who's like in it at the end because I think he's beautiful and I want more on what's going on there. I feel like I know more about like every other relationship that Michelle has except for that one. Uh, so after uh, the guys who are eliminated go home, uh, Michelle gathers her group and she's like, I have big news. Starting tomorrow, I am no longer <laughs> going to be in Indian Wells. I'm heading back to Minneapolis. And y'all are coming with me. Good impression. She had us there. I was like, what? This season is over. She's like, I'm done. It's This isn't for me. Um, I'm going to go back to Minneapolis. But enjoy your time in Indian Wells. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, you know, like, you're going to see where I grew up. And... You're going to see what the Midwest is all about. And Joe's like, I already know, baby. But, like, let's do this. Yeah, I suspect next week is going to be a good Mm -hmm. week for Joe. And then we get the trailer for next week. I have to say, they have been leaning on incredibly dark piano music Mm -hmm. for these teasers. Like, it's the kind of, like, plank, 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 and then, like, racing piano music that you hear on, like, the trailer of a thriller. Mm -hmm. Like... This show is now about a woman who, like, thinks she knows her husband and their perfect marriage, but he has a secret, and that secret is that he has buried all of his ex-wives in their backyard, and it's like, that's the vibe I'm getting from this trailer, big time. I hope that's not... I hope that's not where this goes. I hope that's not where this is going, but I feel like it feels like someone's going to die at the end of next week's episode based solely on the music, is what I'm saying. Uh, Well, then we're in for a dark turn in a week from today. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, it looks like there's going to be some crying. looks like it was Joe crying. I do love uh, men crying. So it's hard. It's like, mm, you got to balance it. And we, Michelle's like, if I get heartbroken, that's on me. And I was like, oof, 
that's a lot to carry. You know, leave open the possibility that it might be the guy who is to blame. That's all I'm saying. You know, blame someone else for once in your life. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been such a delight. Please come back soon. Literally anytime. This is my dream. And if Rick wins, I'm coming back to gloat. I'm just going to come in and be like, that's fair. That's fair. Even though we'll 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 take the L. We'll take that. We'll do a postseason episode just for you to talking about how I don't like Rick, but he was the winner. He was the obvious winner. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be an hour of that. And I can't, I, I listen, I, that would be an exciting way for the season to end. So. And now it's time for love to see it, hate to see it. Let's of course start with love to see it. We love to see the moment on the group date when Olu just showed up in this beautiful, honest way for Michelle and gave her that like, emotional connection that she needed from these guys on this date and made her feel like her words really resonated with him and like he was connecting with her. I loved that he opened up. He cried. It was great. We also love to see Rick giving Michelle the attention and adoration on her one-on-one date that she deserves all the time. Yes. We also love to see Michelle telling Rick, I want to hear as much as you want to tell me when he started talking about his dad, which is a nice way to make him feel like maybe he didn't have to trauma dump just for the sake of it. Although, of course, that's exactly sort of what happens. Yes, it is. It is what he does. But I appreciated that Michelle was at least trying to be like, look, I am here to listen. And like, this is not a test uh, of how much of your traumatic history you can share with me at once. We also, and look, this isn't necessarily a proud moment, but I did kind of love hearing Nate use the word dweeb as the ultimate insult. It made me laugh, and frankly, it was a big improvement on the go-to insult for many men in Bachelorette world, which tends to be bitch. Yes, it feels gender neutral, which I love. Um, And the reference point that I have for it is a children's song called Don't Play With Bruno by Tom Chapin, um, in which the children tell each other not to play with Bruno because Bruno is a dweeb. Uh, No one knows what a dweeb is. We just know we don't want to be one. We don't want to play with one. And yes, I'm describing bullying, but sometimes... (laughs) It's (laughs) like porn. You know it when you see it. You know it when you see it. You see Chris S. and you're like... That's a dweeb. dweeb. Uh, Let's talk about hate to see it. Hate to see Martin's cut off button down. It just drove me nuts. I was like, what is this shirt doing on a date? It looked like the sleeves had been like carefully like ripped off, but then reinforced in some way. Like they're intentionally distressed shoulders. Uh, it, It was a look that I didn't need on my screen hard agree. We also hate to see Michelle being made to feel really invisible and feel secondary to all of the men growing out with each other. Michelle deserves to be affirmed and to be treated as the bachelorette because she is and these men should be putting in the freaking effort. Yeah, and like honestly... Even if only one of them was dating one woman, you would hope for way more effort. 
then was shown to the freaking bachelorette on this You mean date. you would hope for a hello? A hello at, at minimum <laughs> if I'm on a date with a guy, I expect a hello. Uh, I hated to see Chris deciding that he needs to mansplain Michelle's own feelings back to her in service of accusing her of not making good enough decisions because she's not focusing on her connection with him. Uh, especially as a bonus moment, hated to see his declaration that he came in on his white horse to rescue her from the castle. Like, you know that that's not supposed to actually be an aspirational way for men to treat women in 2021. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, Chris seems to think that it is. He's really telling on himself, and we just hate hate to see him, Mm. generally. Mm. And finally, hate to see Romeo being eliminated. He's hot. He's smart. Here's hoping he has a second run in paradise. And it's time for our sportsy rating for the week. Out of 10 basketballs, uh, we had a low sportsiness episode last week. This week, pretty athletic. I think we're going to give this six basketballs out of ten. Yeah, every date was at least sports adjacent. There Mm. was athleticism on display at every turn, even lightly. We might be pushing it with a teddy bear showdown, but, like, that's physical, you know? Yeah. It was wrestling themed. Also, the Bella Twins are athletes. Oh, yeah, exactly. Athlete hosts. We had... Um, a hiking date, that's sportsy. Athletic. Uh, we had, oh my God, what was the first date? Uh, drifting. That's, uh, people tell me that driving a car can be a sport. I don't personally feel that way, but I defer to the expertise of the masses here. So we're looking at three sports dates and some healthy competition. That's like a classic Michelle episode right here. Six out of ten. We're sticking to it. And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Tracy Thomas. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray, and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv, and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you like the show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at clareandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in an upcoming mailbag. You can also find us on Twitter at love to see it pod and Instagram at Claire and Emma pod. And you can find our newsletter on Substack at clareandemma.substack.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. We'll be back next week for more on Michelle's journey to find love. Can you keep up? I like love it. Stitcher. <laughs>